Well, good evening. Welcome back to North Gainesville Baptist Church. Hope you had a restful <clears throat> afternoon. Uh, if you got out there in the hubbub of the restaurants, I hope you survived it. <laughs> you made it back. But uh, got a good service this morning. Good service, good number of people, lots of visitors, and glad that we, we uh, were able, by the grace of God, to continue to have services. Some places, you know, in the world, that still even now, they're not having church services. Some places even now are not having church service. Some places are closed, or some places uh, you have to wear a mask, or some places you can't get in without a vaccine card. There's places like that right now in, Amer in America, in the United States of America where Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. In that land, some places, place, some places you still not can't, cannot go to church. Is that a sad thing? Aren't you glad for a man by the name of Ron DeSantis? I, 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 I'm a little bit glad for him. Somebody asked me the other day, did you have any trouble doing COVID? I said, not one time did anybody tell North Gainesville Baptist Church you had to stop having church. Not one time, actually, I got a letter from the government saying, of Florida, of Florida, of Florida, saying, uh, you guys, what can we do to help you? What can we do to help you? I hope you stay, you stay, you stay alive, stay around, because church, as we're going to talk about today, after I give all these announcements, we're going to sing all these songs, is essential. Church is essential. Without church, dear friend, what will we, what would we do? Go out there and pick weeds? No, we can't do that. <laughs> Church is essential. We'll talk more about that. But since we have some uh, announcements, don't forget men's our breakfast tomorrow. We have to solve all the world's problems again tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We'll do it all. And we'll, we'll do it well. Uh, so hope you can join us at 9 o'clock for that. Then don't forget, uh, this coming Wednesday, Brother Clayton will be preaching. I'm going to be out of town for a couple of days. Brother Clayton will be preaching. Then April 2013, car wash from 10 to 12. You can come, drop your car off, and get it washed, or you can come and participate and help wash cars or do both. Come have your car washed, wash your car. Yes, sir, brother. Robin, beautiful song. Take your Bibles if you would. This evening, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. This evening, 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And let's start with verse 14 tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and starting with verse 14. These things write unto, I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Gracious Father, thank you again for tonight. Thank you for those who gathered around your word. Bless them, Lord, for being here, for hunger and thirsting after righteousness. I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd help us, Lord, to grow closer to you as we, as we see you, your will for us in, in your word, Father, and the importance, the, the essential nature of the church which you established we thank you for it, Father. The blessings of the church has been on our lives, Father. Where will we be without it? We're thankful for it. We pray, Lord, tonight you'd help us, Lord Jesus, to understand it a little bit better and be thankful for it and endeavor to do we, all we can for to love the church, to help the church, to, to, to be a blessing to the church, Father, 
guide and direct in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. The three epistles following first and second Timothy and Titus are written to local church leaders. So tonight we're going to look at these verses and understand why the church is essential. Is essential to each one of us. First of all, the church is essential for the faith. For the faith. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And then they gladly received the word, were baptized the same day they were added to them, about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's the church. That's the church. The church is the family of God. It's the house of God. But bigger than just the building, it's the people of God. That's the church. A biblical church builds our faith and guards the truth from being lost for future generation. We see the ministry of the church in our text. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, we see the phrase, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest behave thyself. What does the church do? The church teaches people how to behave. <laughs> we need that in society. Even church folk, even church folk need to be taught, retaught, 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 retaught. Because we're prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. We're prone to lie still telling the truth. Some folks would rather run down the road two miles than tell the truth than lie right there in front of you. Did I get that backwards? I got that backwards. They'd rather tell the truth right now than lie down the street. <laughs> you know what I meant. They don't like to tell the truth. And that's church folk. I mean, that's people who come to church. I find a regular basis people who say they're Christians are struggle to tell the truth, to be honest, to have integrity, to be kind one to another, to love one another, to forgive one another. These are people who say they know Jesus, love God, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm just telling you the truth tonight. And I'm not going down the road to tell it. I'm telling it right here. Christians, we have to be encouraged on a regular basis of how to behave properly. We need to be taught that. We need to be instructed in that. The word behave is translated from the one Greek word. It means to turn oneself about, to dwell in a place, metaphorically, to conduct oneself, one's, behave oneself, to live properly. In other words, a church family is in the context, is in this context, it's mean we ought to learn how to live in a proper way, to walk properly, to walk properly. Remember, parents, when you were teaching your kids how to walk, oh, they get up, fall down. They get up, fall down. They get up, fall down. They go walk a little bit, and then they get fall down. That's how church folk are. They get up, they walk a little while, they think they're okay, and all of a sudden, boom, they fall down. And the sad thing is, church folks, they're on the ground, and they say they're okay. And everybody in the whole church knows they're on the ground. But they, get, but they say to everybody around them, I'm okay, I'm okay, and they're on the ground. That's a sad thing, isn't it? What is that? That's our pride. The biggest thing the church of Jesus Christ struggles with in America is our pride. We think we're okay, but most of the time we're not. We're not willing to go to other people to confess our sin. Most of the people in this room do not have accountability partners you're willing to go to to talk to, about, talk to you about your problems in your life. That's the truth. I'm talking to you about the truth tonight, folks. I'm, I'm bearing my soul to you. I'm trying to help you. Do you have somebody 
that you go to on a regular basis, that you can talk to about your struggles, about your problems, about your issues. Man, it's got quiet in here. It's amen or oh me, my brothers and sisters. It's amen or oh me. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, 19, Now therefore, you know more strangers and farmers, but fellow citizens with saints and the household of God. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fit, fitly framed together groweth in the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also build together for the habitation of God through the Spirit. When Paul told Timothy that the church is the pillar and ground of truth, he used the word for ground, meaning a, a support, a settled foundation. The church is a place of, of truth, a place of biblical grounding for the Christian life. I mean, how many of you have seen the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Pisa? Some of you have seen that. Well, it, it's famous because the bell tower completed in 13. 72 began to tilt almost immediately. The soft, marshy land was not capable of supporting its weight. The lean became more and more pronounced over time. It became so severe that counterweights had to be installed to keep the structure from toppling over. The solid foundation is essential, but it's not enough. The foundation must be maintained. Our foundation as a church must be maintained. That's why we have regular the, pe the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God, because it's the truth. And if we don't stand on the truth, we might as well just quit, go home, do something else. We have to stand on the truth. We have to preach the truth. We have to teach the truth. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as it's been taught that he may be able to be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. People are always saying, oh, that can't be true. Or, this can't be the way it is. So the church is the, is the pillar of the truth. Its purpose is to elevate, display God's word we as Christians have the opportunity by living right before God, before a lost world that consists, that, that are consistently saying that they don't believe in God and trust in God. We have an opportunity to be, to be salt and light. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15, they may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom he shines as lights the world, hard, holding forth the word of truth, they may rejoice in the day of Christ that I'm not, not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Now, if you were here this morning, you know the difference between the day of Christ and the day of the Lord. But you had to be in Sunday school class to get that. Probably 99% of all the Christians in America don't know the difference between the day of the Lord and the day of Christ. But Brother Pete taught it this morning in Sunday school class. He taught it in Sunday school class. The local church must glorify God and uphold his truth. Jude 3, beloved, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. It means when you earnestly contend for something, you're striving, you're doing everything you can. You're giving it your maximum effort. Do you, as believers in Jesus Christ, give your maximum effort of your life to contend for the faith? of Jesus Christ? Is it, is it important to you? Not just when you come on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but out there in society, by your department, by your conversation of life, by your actions, by your attitude, do you, people look at you and say, that person must be saved. Man, it's quiet in here. Why is it quiet in here? Maybe it's because we're not doing what we ought to do in our lives. 
Maybe we're not acting the way we should act in our lives. It's like when you're supposed to be somewhere, you're supposed to be there, right? When you say you're going to do something, you do it. When you love, when you're supposed to love people, you love. When you say you're going to care, you care. See, the church is God's church. Do we as believers in Jesus Christ represent the church well? Do we? Where we go, how we act, how we live, how we speak, our attitude and our actions. See, it's not a denomination or a parachurch's responsibility to hold the truth. It is the local church's responsibility to hold fast the truth. Are we doing it? Are we living it in our lives, in our homes? Are we? It's the ministry of the church. But what's the message of the church? Look at verse 16 again. Without controversy, grace is the mystery of God. As God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in glory. The message of the church is not fun. Come bring, come bring your family. Let's all have fun. That's not the ministry of the church. The, the message of the church is Jesus Christ. I see so many churches. It's all about fun, fun, fun. Folks, we're not in the entertainment business. We're in the people getting saved, people being discipled, people growing in God business. That's what we're about. Man, you can go down to Celebration Point if you, if you, if, if you do want to spend your, all your money and have fun. Here's about growing in God. But what's happening is the church and church and churches more and more want to please people. And what do people basically want? They want to be pleased. They want to be pampered. They want to, they want, oh, say sweet things to me. They want their ears tickled. I'm not tickling your ears tonight. That's not what God's called me to do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 23, we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and the Greeks foolishness under them which are called both Greek and Jews. Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. The message, the message of the church. We have a message. What is, what is our goal as preachers? The preaching of, the, of Christ is the, is the whip that flogs the devil. The preaching of, of Christ is a thunderbolt, the sounds that makes all hell tremble. That's what Spurgeon said. What is preaching? What is my responsibility? What's the purpose of preaching? To inform the mind, to warm the heart, to stir the will and to tan the hide. That's what preaching is. If you don't come to church on a regular basis and it don't bother you, I'm not doing my job. Because the word of God, the word of God by its very nature cuts. It heals. It's supposed to. Trust me, in my little study, in my office, which is my bedroom, as I'm studying the word of God, it cuts me. Because it cuts me, then I have to say, well, Lord, you must be wanting me to share it with the sheep. And some, I, and some I do. I don't share everything because I'm not sure you can take it right now. Even Jesus says, disciples, I'm not sure you can take the meat right now. I'm not sure you can take it. Paul laid out, Timothy, six specifics. They made up the message of Jesus Christ. God was manifest in the flesh, first of all. John 1, 14, the word of God was flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwelt all the fullness of the, of the Godhead bodily. He was seen in the flesh. We didn't have just a spiritual Jesus. We had a physical Christ. Physically, Christ died for our sins. Bodily, 
He was buried. He rose again bodily from the tomb. Secondly, he was justified in the spirit. The, the word justified in this verse is from the Greek word, which means to declare righteous, to exhibit one's righteousness. Do you know if you know Christ as your spirit, as, as your Savior, you are, are declared righteous, you're justified. You are justified. Justified means just as if you never sinned. You're justified. 2 Peter 1, 17, For he received from God the Father honor and glory. And there came such a voice from him, from the, ex, from the excellent glory. This is my son, beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. We're seen of angels. Third, one of the most beautiful parts of the Christmas story is the appearance of the host of angels. Hebrews 1, 6, And again, he, when he bringeth in the, the fur begotten into the world, he saith, I let, I let all the angels of God worship him. Wow. God is worshiped by the angels. Seen of angels, justified of the Spirit, seen in the flesh, preached in the Gentiles. Aren't you glad the message just didn't stop with the Jews? It came to us. Amen. <laughs> you, all of us in the room pretty much are Gentiles. It, the gospel just didn't go to a few people. It went to all people. Red, yellow, black, or white, they're all precious in his sight. Jesus loves all the children of the world. The Bible says in Romans 1, 14, for I'm a debtor, both the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial of Jesus Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Next, it's believed on in the world. The message of the gospel is saving, is a saving, life-changing message that it is the only hope of the world. What I preach this morning to people that I believe in this room, some were dying and right now dying and on their way to hell. I believe in this room this morning we have people who are dying and are dying and on their way to hell. I had one text me and tell me so. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? So we'd have numbers, so I can say we had five people saved, six people saved. No, 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 no. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ the sweetness of heaven and the terror of hell because I really, 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 really don't want people to die and go to a real hell. I really don't want that. And more than that, God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. And again, they had the gospel preached to them. And my only hope is before they pillow their head tonight that some of them will, re will realize the, what God spoke to them about, that the Spirit of God will whisper to them as they put their head on the pillow and say to them, they need to be, they need to be saved. Yes, believed on the world. The Bible says in, two, in Acts chapter 2 and 47, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, received up into glory. We see the ministry of the church, the message of the church, but the message of the church. What is the message of the church? First of all, the method of the church is we actually show up together. We, we assemble. We assemble. A church, by its very nature, gets together, gathers together. There is no such thing as the internet church, folks. No, no, no. That's just, that's just a, that's a second, that's a little band-aid for a little time. Churches through persecution. Churches, though, if they went to, some folks back in these days, if they went to church, they risked their life. Risked their life. Oh, what a different day we live in today. We live in a different day. A person afraid to get a sniffle. If they sniffle a little bit, I can't make it to church, preacher. If I sniffle, 
And people in the past were willing to risk their very lives just to hear the word of God preached. Are we any better than they? Is our faith stronger than theirs? Mm -mm. Oh, what's happened to it? The church of Jesus Christ in America has gotten soft because we've had it too easy for too long. But the day is coming, the day is coming where we are going to suffer for what we believe. Jesus Christ doesn't come back in the next 30 years. It is going to be the most difficult time in the history of the world for the Christians. I have no doubt in my mind about that. We've had it very easy. The things are changing. You just have to look up for a little while. You can feel the wind blow. When you go outside, you can feel the wind blow. Dear friend, just look at the political scene that we live in today. Things aren't going to get better, it looks like. For the believer in Jesus Christ who actually says, I believe in God, you're, you're not going to be popular. When you stand up and say to be gay is sin, you're not going to be popular. When you stand up and say, even to your children, and your children's children especially, transgender is wrong. Had someone tell us, friends of ours tell us, they had a relative, that one of the relatives said, you know, says to them, they came up to him and said, now, my, my name, my name is, 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 is a girl, but I want you to call me a, different, a man. I want you to call me a girl's pronoun, a guy's pronoun, not a girl's pronoun. What? What kind of mess is that? you either a male or female. There's no third. <laughs> if you, you can identify as a cat, a bat, or a rat. I'm, if you're a man, I'm calling you a man. I don't care what you identify as. I like to identify as a Harley Davidson and right up down the road, but I'm a man. <laughs> we got to get out of this fantasy, fantasy foolish stuff. And parents, you best teach your kids that you're a man or you're a woman. There is nothing else. And they come up to you saying, well, I feel like a woman. You better set them down straight and say, well, you feel all you want to. You are a man. You're going to stay a man. But what happens is little, little Johnny, little Sally comes to mom and dad and says, I feel, I feel like I'm a girl. I feel like I'm a girl. You got to squash that motion like right then, right now. Not let it fester. Would you, if you went to the doctor and the doctor says, you got cancer, would you say, well, doc, let me, let me, let me think about that for about six months. Brother Shelby, you know about that. Some of you other know about that. You know, you take care of it right now. What do I got to do like right now? Parents, when you see issues in your, in your kids of stuff like that, you have to deal with it right now. Right then, right now. Don't wait. Don't, don't lick your finger, put your finger in the air and say, which way the wind blowing? Don't, don't, don't listen to some crazy psychologist and say, well, if I don't do, if I don't tell them, if I don't let them live the way they should live, it's going to scar them from life. No, tell them the truth. And if when they get adults, they choose to go the right way, at least you told them the truth. Because you stood for God. You have to stand for doing what's right, no matter what they choose to do. Because even God himself gave Adam a free will to choose what he was going to do. Teach them what's right. If they choose to go a different direction, they go a different direction. We, as believers, have to assemble. How can we encourage each other if we're not assembling? How can we help each other if we don't assemble? How can we admonish one another if we're not assembling? How can we be there for one another, look each other in the eyes? Because texting, 
and internet and messaging. Oh, it has its place, and thank God there is technology. But dear friend, there's nothing like looking a person in the eyes because the eyes is the windows to the soul and asking them, how are you doing? That doesn't, that doesn't do too well over a text message or Facebook messenger. It doesn't take the place of it. That's why we as a Christians, thank God, North Gainesville Baptist Church decided after about a month and a half to assemble. That it was an essential part of our spiritual growth as believers, as Christians, that we're going to gather together. No, I didn't call about 55 churches and say, what you going to do? 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 Because everybody's different. We had to ask God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? We assemble. Hebrews chapter 10, 24, let us consider one another to provoke, provoke, encourage, strongly encourage, unto love, to good works, not forsaking the assembling ourselves two together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more. As you see the day approaching, what's the method of the church? We assemble. Secondly, we worship. We worship. Psalm 95, verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is great God and great king above all gods. That's what we do. We worship God. We worship him. We give. We give to God. 1 Corinthians 16, 1. Not concerning the collection of saints. As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him and store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Dear friends, we give. We assemble, worship, we give, we hear the preaching, the teaching of the word of God. So are we doing those things by the grace of God? Why? For the faith. Why is the church assembly? Secondly, not only for the faith, for the family. Timothy, to whom Paul pressed this, these verses, grew up in a family with a godly mother and, and a grandmother, but his father was apparently unsaved. He called him a Greek. 2 Timothy 1, 5, when I call remembrance the unfeigned faith, the, the, the unhypocritical faith that is in thee, which dwelt first thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Acts chapter 16, verse 1, I came to, he came into Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek. So Timothy had the advantage of a godly mother, a godly grandmother. However, he learned the scriptures, not just from them, but from learning them from themselves. There comes a time where you're thankful you have the outside opportunity to hear from a godly mother, a godly grandmother, a godly whoever in your life. But ultimately, dear friend, you have to take up the mantle and read them for yourself. I meet so many people, so many Christians say, Preacher, I can't do this without somebody helping me. Oh, God forbid. Do you take a fork up, put it in some beans, and stick it in your mouth yourself? Do you? Amen, you do. You don't need feeding yourself physically. Dear friend, you don't need physically be fed this. We, on a daily basis, you only come here three times a week. We have to be in it ourselves. In the morning, in the afternoon, studying, meditating, learning the scriptures. We don't, can't be force-fed. We need to get it ourselves. We need to get it ourselves. For Christians from any type of family structure, saved or unsaved, two parents or single parents, child, teen, single adult or married, a strong church family is essential for growth. That's why we come. Why? Because it's a place to learn. Gave some 
uh, Ephesians 4.11, he gave some, some apostles and some prophets some, and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. What is that? It means the maturing. Why do we come? To grow spiritually. To mature, to perfect, to get better. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's a place to learn. Secondly, it's a place to grow. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6. And these words I've commanded these day, that shall be in thy heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. Thou shalt talk to them when thou sittest in the house. Thou walkest in the way when thou liest down. When thou risest up, thou bind them for a sign of thy hand. Thou shalt be a frontless between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on the gates. Which is it saying? Parents, we have a responsibility. Not only in church to teach children, but in the homes to teach children. What the Bible says. Place of, of uh, uh, the house of God is a place of God that's not to be lived in isolation. It's to be lived together. I read some statistics about COVID during the COVID crisis pandemic of 2020. Many people were forced into isolation. And one of the tragedies was the increased use of drug and alcohol. All of us heard those. I read one report that Oregon saw a 70% increase in opiate overdose from April to May of 2020 compared to the same frame time in 2019. Attorney General of California, uh, Xavier Bacara, told one news station, in some of our counties, there's been more deaths from an overdose than there have been deaths of COVID itself. In Los, in Los Angeles, California, the suicide helpline received 8,000% increase in one month alone. You think we don't need each other? We, we need each other. We need each other. We need to help one another, encourage one another, see, what, see, what, see one another. God, God be guided by one another. We see that in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 10. We have the opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them of the household of faith. Galatians 5, 13, for ye, brethren, have been called unto liberty, but only use not your liberty as occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. So being a part of the church enables us to sacrificially serve one another as Christians in this way. In this way, we should serve one another and care for one another, help one another, because we need one another. The church is essential for the faith. The church is essential for the family. And the church is essential for the future. Without the church, we have no future. Without the church, we have no future, really. The church is not an organization, it's an organism. It's an organism with the focus, not just on the past but the, or the present, but the future. It's an essential part of Christ's plan for the propagation of the gospel. We know the verse well, Matthew chapter 16, 18, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Those who plant trees often have no expectations of sitting under their shade. But think about people who... who who plant oak trees that live some 50 years, take, taking 50 years to mature. Some trees that we've seen, I've seen even, even down in Williston a couple weeks ago, a family went down there. We saw trees that were 100 years old and 200 years old and 500 years old. Think about the process. Think about the time. Think about all the people in that time frame who sat underneath those trees, who got the shade from those trees. But think about how many trees, little saplings got cut down. Little oak trees got cut down. Somebody thought, thought to themselves, well, this is not needed. This is not needed. Dear friend, the church is needed. 
Not just for us, but for our future. If God willing, the Lord doesn't come back, we need a church for our, for our families and our families' families. There needs to be a North Gainesville Baptist Church, not just for, for me, but for our children, our children's children, and children's children, if the Lord tarries. That's why we keep doing this. That's why we keep preaching this book. That's why we keep telling folks what is right, what the Bible says, not what society dictates, because society is going to change, friend. It is changing. What's accepted to... 30 years ago is not accepted today. And what will be accepted for Lord Terry's 30 years from now will not be different from what is accepted today. It's going to change. So the, for the faith, the church is essential for the future. But God, see, God is truth. And truth, no matter what society, it never changes. That's the nature of truth. It cannot change. A lie is always a lie. Stealing is always stealing. Adultery is always adultery. A fornication is always fornication. The, 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 the Ten Commandments are true from the beginning to the end. They're true. They're true. Say, so well, we live in a different society. It's not okay. It, it, well, is, it okay not to, is it okay now to steal? Is it okay to lie? Is it okay to, to not honor your father and mother? Is it okay to covet? Is it okay? No, friends, it's always wrong. No matter what society, no matter what timeline, it's always wrong. Because we believe the truth, and Jesus is the truth. One person wrote within the covers of the Bible, the answers for all men's problems. That was Ronald Reagan, the 40th president of the United States of America. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have run, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You must understand that no matter how culture change, we are in a spiritual battle and we must teach the truth. We must proclaim the truth and tell it and not give up because future gener generations depend on it. It's for the future, the future, which is the, his truth, the future for his people. As Christians, our hope is in God. Our hope is not in our country. Our hope is not in our currency. Our hope is not in our culture. We, we must, the Bible says in, first, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Some will say, well, that's to the Jew. It's pretty good advice for the Gentile, too. If we will humble ourselves, we who call ourselves Christians, and, and pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. President Ronald Reagan had a Christian mother, Nell Reagan, who valued the truths of the Word of God. Nell's Bible is on display at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library and Museum in California. It lies open to 2 Chronicles 7 and marked here in verse 17. Why is it important? For the future of his people. And thirdly, for the future of our nature, of our nation. If our nation is going to survive in any semblance, it's not going to happen because of what happens in the White House. It's going to happen because of what happens in this house. What happens in our homes specifically. Because what happens in our homes then dictates what happens in our churches. What happens in our churches then dictates what happens to our cities, our counties, our states. 
our, our, our nations. It all starts in the home. That's why I, I put such an emphasis of us living Christian, living Christianity, not just in the church, but outside the church, in our homes. That's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, which thou shall be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be tried on the foot of men. You're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. The history of the United States of America is unique in that many of its founding fathers were believers in Jesus Christ. Well, the liberals in the secular schools will say, oh, they're deists. They all were deists. Well, they all were just money grubbers trying to come here for gold. No, there were people who actually believed in God. Amen. Actually believed in God and believed in righteousness. Psalm 33, verse 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen in his own inheritance. The impact of biblical Christianity in America was so strong, many of you may have heard this, the French writer Alexis de Tocqueville, after visiting America in 1831, reportedly said, listen to this, I sought for greatness in the United States in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, her fertile fields, and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in rich, her rich minds, her vast world commerce, her public school system. If he went today, he'd probably fall over dead. And in her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I looked for it in her, demo, in her demographic congress, in her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard the pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. But when America chooses not to be great because we've left out God, it will cease to be good. That's where we're at today. We've ceased from being good. We've ceased to being great because we've left God out of the equation. We've left God out of our public school. We've left God out of our, out of our local and national government. He is a byword and actually hated. New York Times article on Good Friday says, is it time to give up on God? No, it's time to give up on the New York Times. Long time ago, long time ago. No, dear friend, it's not time to give up on God. It's time to believe in God more and trust God more and love God more and adhere to this book and to know this book and to study this book because more than ever, ever in the history maybe of the United States, we as Christians are going to need to know it, share it, stand up for it, protect it, love it, live it, and heed it. Because this side, this society is bent on destruction. And it's only going to get steeper. It's only going to get steeper. You're going to have to defend your faith to your children. To your children. You're going to, and, and it can't be, well, this is what the Bible says, but I ain't going to live it. And, and when you fall down, you got to be willing to say, I, I fell down, I was wrong, I need to get back up and do right. It can't be say, it can't be say, well, I, hear what I say, don't do it, but don't, but hear what I say, but don't do what I do. You know what that, that you know what that produce, produces? Kids are on the way to hell. Kids are on the way to hell. Yeah. That's what that produces. 
Isaiah 59, 14, judgment is turned away backward, and justice stand afar off, and truth is fallen in the streets. The church is essential for the furtherance of the faith, for the growth and help of the family, for the future of the truth and preservation of the community. Church is essential. Have you made it essential in your life? I thank God that you come on, on Sunday night. But be faithful, dear friend. Be faithful. Don't let anything keep you from being a part of the local church. What the devil loves to do is two things. Keep you away from this book. Keep you from loving your family. And keep you from the local church. If he can do any of those three things, he has a toehold in your life. And that is his goal to divide you, depress you, and then destroy you. You have an enemy that hates you with an unholy hatred. And the first thing he does is go after the institutions. He's gotten one primarily called the government. He's got a toehold, pretty strong toehold there. He's getting pretty strong into the family. And guarantee you, he wants to destroy every church. Every church that a man of God, I say a man of God, I say a man of God, stands behind the pulpit and says, thus saith the Lord, he wants to destroy. That's why the church is essential. We sang a song that was played, my Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. Is that true in your life? How can the church get better? The church can get better when each one of us individually choose to love Jesus Christ more. Amen. That's how it gets better. You say, preacher, my marriage is bad. You know how your marriage gets bad? Not by giving 45 reasons why your husband is bad or 45 reasons why your wife is bad or maybe more for him than her or however that goes. No, it ain't, it ain't even blaming. You know how you be a better, better, better mom, better, better father, better mother, loving Jesus more? It's not a compiling a list of all the bad things he's done. It's loving Jesus better because I've learned one thing in almost 20, getting towards 26 of marriage. I can't change her. You just heard it. It's impossible. That Kentucky woman, I cannot change. But I can love Jesus more. Stop doing that. Try to do the impossible, ladies. Stop trying to do the impossible, men. Do the possible. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And love thy neighbor as thyself. That's how you'll be successful and realize the essential nature of the church. Father, thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you, God, for you creating, you establishing the church. Not the idea of some wild-out preacher or group of people. No, the church is essential because Christ died for the church. It is the pillar of ground of truth. Help us, Lord Jesus, in these times where society hates the church, mocks the church, despises the church, to stand true on the, on the very words of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to do right and abide by its statutes, its ordinances, its laws. Help us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Head bowed, eyes closed. Say, preacher, I've lost my love. I've lost my love. I've lost my love for God, my joy, my peace. I've lost it. I've lost it.
Would if and wherever you've lost it, would you go back there and find it? Would you go back where you struggled? You go back where you got bitter? Go back where you got mad? Go back where you fell down? Fell down? And by the grace of God, ask God to forgive you, to help you, that you get back up and start living for you. How is North Gainesville Baptist Church going to continue by having strong families? And strong families are because of strong individuals in that family. I'm not loving God the way I should. My life is not what it should be. I admit it. I'm struggling. By the grace of God, I want to live for God. I am choosing to live for God. Would you pray for me, preacher? Anybody like that tonight? Be honest. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? I didn't say your husband. I didn't say your wife. I didn't say the person in front of you. I didn't say your children or your grandchildren or church members. I said, you, preacher, I need to change. I must change. Would you pray for me? Anybody else be honest? Anybody else be honest? Stand to our feet tonight. If God has spoken to your heart, Holy Spirit has spoken to you, would you come? Make that decision public. Public. Make it public. Why? Why? Why try to hide it? Why just, hey, why do, hey, you can pray there in your seat, but why, why don't you come down and nail it down? Nail it down. We need to make decisions in our lives. Put a stake down. There's an area in my life where it should, it needs to change. It must change. Is it your anger, men? Is it your continual nagging women? Is your, your pursuit for, 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 for perfection in your home that you cannot attain is become your God? What is it? What is it? Listen to the Holy Spirit as the music plays, do business with God tonight.